Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sosland, and today we are studying Masechet Yoma Daf Dalid, page 4. Yesterday, we learned Reish Lakish's opinion that the sequestration of the Kohen Gadol before Yom Kippur was based on the description of the Anan HaKavod, the cloud of glory, which covered Mount Sinai. Let's recall the verse in Exodus 24, verse 16. And the glory of God dwelt on Mount Sinai, and it covered it, the cloud covered it or him for six days. And God called to Moshe on the seventh day. According to Reish Lakish, and with Rashi's help on yesterday's daf, the object of the word vayichasehu, the object of the cloud coverage, is not the mountain, but it's Moshe himself. And because Moshe was covered, that is, sequestered, for the six days before God called him, Reish Lakish can derive the Kohen Gadol's sequestration before he gets to meet God on Yom Kippur. That's what we studied yesterday. Now, for those of you following closely at home, you must have noticed that there's a bit of a problem with this derivation, because even if Reish Lakish's reading is accepted, Moshe would have only been sequestered for six days, and the Kohen Gadol is sequestered for seven days. Yes, this is a potential problem, but the Gemara at the top of our daf makes relatively quick work of this issue by suggesting that the seventh day is extra for the Kohen Gadol in order to avoid Tumat Beito, the impurities of his wife. If his wife had been impure before sequestration, it would take him seven days to become purified. Okay, moving on. So now the rabbis want to take a closer look at the verse itself and at the sequence of events that happened when Moshe was called to God. When exactly did this cloud cover happen? In the middle of Amud Aleph, we see a brighter that supports Reish Lakish. Tanya kevate de Reish Lakish. Moshe ala be'anan v'nit kasa be'anan v'nit kadash be'anan. Moses went up to heaven in a cloud, was covered by a cloud, and was sanctified in a cloud in order to receive the Torah in a state of holiness. As it is written, and God's glory rested or dwelt on Mount Sinai. Bringing this quote as the proof text, this is what happened after the Ten Commandments. The quote, according to Rabbi Yossi Haglili, shows that Moshe was covered by the cloud after the giving of the Ten Commandments. But Rabbi Akiva disagrees. No, he says, this verse refers to Rosh Chodesh Sivan. 
the first day of the month in which the Torah was given. The cloud descended on the mountain six days before the giving of the Ten Commandments. And since we know that Moses was going up and down for those six days in order to give instructions to the people of Israel, there's no way that he could have been covered by the cloud. So the object of the word vayichasehu could only be the mountain. According to Rabbi Akiva, the verse then would be read, the glory of God rested upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered the mountain for six days. And only then did God call to Moses on the seventh day. Rabbi Akiva's understanding of the verse begs a question. Okay, so if, as he would argue, the cloud descended on the first of Sivan, and God called to Moses on the seventh day, that would have been the day that God gave the Ten Commandments. We celebrate Shavuot, the holiday recalling our moment at Sinai, on the sixth day of Sivan. Let's not get stuck on details here. But why does the text say that God called to Moshe if we know that when God gave the Torah, God actually spoke to all of us? Vayikra el Moshe, Moshe v'chol Yisrael omdin, says the Gemara. Uh, Moses was standing at Sinai with all the people of Israel. Why would he be singled out? It doesn't make sense to read the verse this way. Ah, says Rabbi Akiva, lo vahakatuv elalachlok kavod lemoshe. Even though God really did call, of course, to all the people, the Torah wants to give Moshe a special honor here. So it singles him out. Fair enough. But the Brita goes on to offer two other possibilities for why the verse refers to Moshe in this way. Rabbi Natan Omer, Lo vahakatuv ela lemarek achila ushtia shebemeav. The text is coming to tell us that in fact Moshe needed to be sequestered so that he could get rid of the food and the drink inside of him. Lesumo kemalachei hasharet, so that he could become like the angels who don't eat. Rabbi Matya ben Harash says, Lo vahakatuv ela le'ayem alav, Torah nitenet be'ema birtet uvizi'ah. The text is only coming to tell us that yes, Moshe was sequestered, but only in order to have fear instilled in him so that the Torah could be given in a state of fear and trembling. Rabbi Natan and Rabbi Matya ben Harash are taking on Rabbi Akiva, and they're using his language. Rabbi Akiva rejects the idea that Moshe was sequestered, and he explains that the Torah is only coming to give honor to Moshe, so we shouldn't be confused. And the other two Tanaim come to say, actually, the Torah is only coming for different reasons. Lo bahakatuv ela. The verse is only coming to say that Moshe was sequestered, and here's why. So the discussion of why a Kohen Gadol should be sequestered in the first place becomes a side point here, as the rabbis pull apart the text of this verse and consider what happened to Moshe when God gave the Torah. And of course, the idea that God wanted lachlok kavod le Moshe grabs the imagination of later scholars. In Hasidic literature, this idea, which we've translated as to give honor to Moshe, is interpreted very differently. Lachlok here means literally to share, and kavod is not just honor, but it is the very presence of God. As it is mentioned in the verse, kvod Adonai, 
or as we know from the Kedusha, Baruch Kevod Adonai Mim Kamal, blessed is the presence of God. According to the Hasidic master Vitziva Moshe, God's goal before the giving of the Ten Commandments was actually to radiate a portion of God's presence to Moshe, to literally share the kavod, so that Moshe would be prepared and ready and worthy to receive the Kiddushat Hadibur Shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be worthy of receiving the holiness of God's speech. Not only was Moshe honored by this verse, but he was actually given a part of God's great glory in order to become a vessel to receive the Ten Commandments. It seems on the surface as though we've taken a bit of a side journey from the Kohen Gadol to Moshe's most intimate relationship with God. And yet, it all seems of a piece. Where else could we expect such a beautiful image of connection between human being and the divine than in the discussion about Yom Kippur, our holiest day of the year, when each of us is trying to connect? in the most subtle and perhaps roundabout way, and in the guise of a discussion about sequestering a Kohen Gadol, the Talmud is offering us an inspirational Yom Kippur sermon on the sly. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.